From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to each of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations across North America, and hi to those of you streaming and watching on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. And last but not least, hello there to those assembled in the YouTube live chat. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. It's perhaps the greatest prophetic mystery in the Bible. Revelation chapter 17 and 18 refer to a woman who was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered, with great admiration. Who or what does this Mystery Babylon refer to, and what is the fate of Mystery Babylon? Here to discuss is Benjamin Baruch. He's a professional financial advisor, author, and public speaker, also a chartered financial analyst and a certified public accountant, and acts as a financial advisor to some of the largest privately held real estate companies in America. Benjamin is the author of the best-selling book, the Day of the Lord is at Hand, which includes insights into today's major headlines, such as growing wars in the Middle East. He's recently released his second book, a seven-volume series entitled Search the Scriptures. Benjamin, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Great to be back. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, coming on. So, Revelation 17 and 18, I just kind of gave a snippet, but just kind of fill in the blanks there. What is Revelation referring to with Mystery Babylon, this harlot? Well, Mystery Babylon is one of the archetypes, if you will, of Bible prophecy. And the identity of Mystery Babylon has challenged the scholars for the millennium. Now, we were first introduced to the kingdom of Babylon in the time of Daniel the prophet, when Nebuchadnezzar had come, had conquered much of the known world, including Israel, had taken Israel and Judah into captivity, and Babylon was the ruling superpower at that time. And uh, Daniel had become one of the counselors to the king, and the book of Daniel records really centerpiece prophecies regarding the ultimately the events at the end of the age that would herald the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, I, if you will, the central prophecy within the book of Daniel, or one of the central prophecies, is the dream of the king of Babylon. I believe it's recorded in Daniel chapter 2, and the king has this terrifying dream, and he's and he calls in all of the counselors, 
the magicians, the astrologers, and the Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. And, and the Chal- that word Chaldean really means professional sorcerer. So he calls in the sorcerers, and he asks them, you know, to interpret the dream, and they all say, sure, no problem, king. Tell us the dream, and we'll cook up an, a, an interpretation for you. And, of course, the king said, not so fast, and oh, you could be lying. I want you to tell me my dream. Then I'll know the interpretation's real. And, of course, the king ultimately said, if you know, if you can't tell me the dream, then you're obviously not wise men, and so I'm going to order the execution of all the wise men in the land of Babylon. And Daniel being one of them, well, Daniel ultimately appears before the king and reveals the dream, and the dream is a great statue with a head of gold, arms of silver, sort of thighs of brass, and legs of iron. And feet of clay. And feet of clay, with ten toes, precisely. And that image is the image of Mystery Babylon. It's the first clue to the identity of Mystery Babylon. And when you look at a statue, Richard, you identify the statue by looking at the face. You know, if you go to Washington, D.C., and you look at the Lincoln Monument, you see Abe Lincoln's face, you realize that whole statue is Lincoln. You never ask the question, whose toes are those? The whole identity being revealed is identified by the head. And so the statue of Mystery Babylon showed Babylon as the head of gold, Greece, media or media Persia, rather, as the Silver Kingdom. Greece under Alexander was the bronze, and the Roman Empire was the legs of iron. So here we have four empires that are all identified as one. They're all part of Mystery Babylon. And Mystery Babylon, as revealed in Revelation 17, is the beast on which the woman rides is actually the, the satanic kingdoms that have ruled the earth over human history. The, the seven heads are seven mountains, and they are seven kings. And those mountains, the word in Greek is oros, it's the, it means to be lifted up above the plain. It's the false religious systems of these Antichrist governments that have manifested in seven different identities. And going back over the, the history of the world, Egypt was part of Mystery Babylon. Assyrian Empire, which followed the rule of Egypt, was part of Mystery Babylon. But they had passed into antiquity by the time Babylon itself was the ruling superpower, and the dream of the king only included the empires which would follow. And so Babylon was actually the third manifestation of Mystery Babylon. Well, what is the mystery? It's not a geography question. Bible prophecy is not asking us to identify the geographic location of the ancient empire of Babylon, which is somewhere in southern Iraq. There's no mystery to the geography question. The mystery part of Mystery Babylon is the mystery religion of the deep state. It's the religion of the Chaldean state, and the Chaldeans actually encroached, they they infiltrated into the ancient kingdom of Babylon, which was just another country, really. If you go back to the history of the the known world, ancient Babylon was created in the, the time period of the book of Genesis. Babylon was conquered by Egypt. It was then conquered by the Syrian Empire. And it wasn't until the Chaldeans, who were the professional sorcerers, had actually usurped p- 
political power, installed one of their own as king over Babylon, that Satan lifted up the kingdom of Babylon as a world empire. And at that point, it became mystery Babylon, because the empire of Babylon was now practicing the religion of Zoroasterism, which is essentially Satanism, or using sorcery and witchcraft and magic. And so at that point, Mystery Babylon rose in power, ruled the known world for 70 years. All the nations served Babylon for 70 years. And then it was destroyed in one night. The king and, and, and the nation were gone in the morning under the rule of Cyrus and the conquest of the media Persian Empire. So, so here we that are takes in Revelation us to Jer- 17. We're told right. that at the end of the age, there's going to be a woman riding the beast. Well, the beast is Satan. It's seven heads of the seven manifestations of Mystery Babylon, which will occur over the course of human history. And they are Egypt, Assyria, Mystery Babylon itself, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome is number six. And the seventh and final manifestation of Babylon is the one world government of the Antichrist. But is that what's pictured here in Revelation 17? Are we talking about the one world government of the Antichrist? No, we are not. Um, if you go to Revelation 17, verse 12, we're told that the ten horns which were revealed are ten kings who will receive, which have received no kingdom as yet, but they'll receive power as kings with the beast for one hour, for a brief window of time. And it said that the ten horns hate the whore. They hate the woman riding the beast. So the woman revealed in Revelation 17 is not the final one-world government of the United Nations. It's another end-time superpower. But the ten kings that rule with the Antichrist, they hate this nation, because at one time she was a Christian nation. Now she's a whore, having prostituted herself, turning from the living God to serve gods that are dead. And so the ten horns hate this nation-state. They will make her desolate and naked, and they shall eat her flesh. They robbed her blind. They stole trillions in the 2008 financial crisis, and they're stealing trillions more in the pandemic that they engineered in the year 2020, which they unleashed on the world on March 22nd, the day of the Burning Man Festival, the third day of spring, and so they put everybody in their homes. And they're going to turn the heat up this summer. And it tells us that this woman riding the beast is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, in ancient times, an empire was also a city-state. Rome was a city. It was also an empire. Babylon, a city, an empire. And so this great city which reigns over the kings of the earth at the end of human history... In other parts of Bible prophecy, we're told that it's pictured as an eagle, which comes out of a lion, and the lion kingdom is England. And the eagle, which came forth out of England, are the American colonies. And we're told it was the hindermost nation in Revelation 50. The word means last and final superpower. It also translates in the West. So what is the great nation that is currently the ruling leader of the world, that's pictured as an eagle, it rose in power in the West, it at one time was a godly nation, and today is an anti-Christ country. I wonder who they're talking about. So America is Mystery Babylon. America is the daughter of Babylon. America is the woman riding the beast in Revelation chapter 17. All right, so let's go to 
the book of Jeremiah, mm-hmm. because that specifically kind of spells out the timing of this. And yes, it yes. appears, this particular chapter in Jeremiah appears to be talking about Cyrus's invasion and conquering of Babylon. But as we go further, it's really not talking about Babylon at that time. Just walk us through the chapter in, in Jeremiah that addresses this. You're talking about chapter 25? Yes. Yes. In Jeremiah prophesied many things regarding Babylon, but he also prophesied regarding the daughter of Babylon at the end of the age, and those prophecies are contained in Jeremiah 1551, and the daughter of Babylon, which is the United States of America, the end-time superpower before the rise of the Antichrist kingdom, the judgments that would come upon that nation are severe. The land would be utterly desolated, and the people would literally, the cities would literally burn with fire. So, in addition to the revelation of judgment upon Babylon and judgment upon end-time Babylon, Jeremiah also revealed that the judgment that would come upon these two manifestations of Babylon, the actual Babylon of Nebuchadnezzar in circa 600 B.C., and then end-time Babylon, or the daughter of Babylon, which would rise in power at the end of the age, in Jeremiah prophesied that these superpowers would rule the earth for 70 years, and then be suddenly judged. And in Jer- the, the key verse is Jeremiah 25, verse 12. I'll read it. It shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished or fulfilled, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation. That happened literally when the media Persian army crept in under the cover of darkness, and they were quiet as a church mouse. They occupied the city in the, in the darkness of night. They killed the royal family and much of the political leadership. And when the people woke up in the morning, it was over. The media Persian army was everywhere. And the people were told, you're now a province of media Persia. Cyrus is your new king. But don't be upset. He's guaranteeing your property and your prosperity. There's not going to be any lockdown. Go back to work. Open your shops. Go do your business. The only thing that is going to change is the address where you mail your income tax return. <laughs> and the people of Babylon right. went, great, and uh, they didn't skip a beat. But in the second half of Jeremiah 25, verse 12, the scripture declares, after it reveals that God's going to punish the king of Babylon, which was Belshazzar in the time of Daniel, and that nation, ancient Babylon, saith the Lord, for their iniquity, the scripture goes on and says, and the land of the Chaldeans, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. And from that point forward, Richard, Everything in the second half of the book of Jeremiah is the opposite of what happened in the judgment of ancient Babylon. First, many kings, many nations, and great kings will come against this end-time Babylon. Ancient Babylon was only attacked by media Persia, and there was only one king. His name was Cyrus. But end-time Babylon, which is described as the land of the Chaldeans, will be attacked by many kings. They will take some of the citizens of anti-Babylon, the daughter of Babylon, into slavery. Some of these people are going into slavery. And then the scripture goes on, and it basically outlines the judgment at the end of the age. The prophet declares that God is going to bring every word. I will bring upon that land, the land of the Chaldeans, all the words which I've pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied against all the nations. So God is literally saying, I'm going to throw the book at that country, and that includes the cities burning like Sodom and Gomorrah. And ancient Babylon, nothing burned, there was no great sound of destruction, the land wasn't desolated, but the 
end-time daughter of Babylon, which is the United States of America, which is described as the land of the Chaldeans, because our nation as well has come under the rule of a deep state. We got a shadow government, Richard, and it's right. satanic. So, in other words, in Jeremiah chapter 25, we yeah. know that it is not describing a contemporary event at the time because the prophecy said that the Chaldeans, they would be, you know, it would be desolation. And as you say, Cyrus came in and he left the country pretty much undisturbed. He chopped off the head of the snake and then just let people go about their business. Exactly. So he couldn't have been talking about Cyrus and Babylon and the Chaldeans who were part of Babylon. He had to be talking about some future event. And Bible prophecy always repeats itself. The scripture declares that every word of truth will be confirmed by two or more witnesses. And that is the rule of the Word of God. And God subjects His own prophetic word to His own test of, authentic, of authentication. And so every prophecy that God has revealed through Scripture is always fulfilled twice. It is witnessed twice in the earth, and thus the two witnesses confirmed that it was a true word. And so the 70-year reign of Babylon, ancient Babylon ruled for 70 years, and then bang, it was gone one night. It's over, people. And if you go and, you know, we could look at Jeremiah 15, 51, it is absolutely astonishing. It, it talks about a sound of great destruction, an invasion by many kings and great nations. It talks about their arrows being expert. It talks about the whole world being shaken by the fall of end-time the end-time superpower America. And none of this is in any way been fulfilled in the fall of ancient Babylon. So, you know, the only real question, having uncovered this revelation from Bible prophecy, and this is authenticated, it's absolutely clear. If you read Jeremiah 25 very carefully, it's obvious that the second half of the chapter is dealing with the events at the end of the age. And the segue is the judgment on a nation which would be known as the land of the Chaldeans. Now, throughout Jeremiah 1551, the reference to America, which, by the way, only a nation of immigrants could fulfill Jeremiah 1551, because it talks about the people going back to their own land. And if France was end-time Babylon, and France was destroyed in a sudden destruction, and so the French were going to flee and, and return to their own land, how would they free, flee France, and where would they... Where would they go? Right, you know, right. How could they go back to their own land if it's been utterly destroyed? So only a nation of immigrants at the end of the age could fulfill the prophecies of Jeremiah 15:51. And you know we could spend hours going parsing each one of those scriptures. I've done a YouTube program, the 70th year of Babylon, and also America, the daughter of Babylon. If people really want to get into it, or the, this is a major part of the book that I published, the Day of the Lord is at hand. But in any event, the, the whole question, once you authenticate this revelation from Scripture, and this is absolutely unequivocal, you know, this, you can debate it, but, you know, you might as well be debating some other, you know, fantasy teaching, of which Richard right. bizarre. There's a lot of them gaining, gaining traction today. It's almost as if humanity is losing their cognitive reasoning skills. Next, people are going to be believing in the tooth fairy, as far as I can tell. Benjamin, I've got to take a quick time out. That's my reality. We've got to do some uh, sure. business here. We'll come back, and uh, we will talk about the 70 years, uh, which is laid out. 
and when do we start that clock? That's key to understanding all of this. Benjamin Brook, my guest, will continue to talk about Mystery Babylon, the daughter of Babylon, the Chaldeans, and how COVID-19 fits into all of this. That's all upcoming right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Benjamin Baruch, my guest, and his website, which I've linked up to at strangeplanet.ca. Just click on Benjamin's name, but it's benjaminbaruch.net. Benjamin, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N, Baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, Benjamin Baruch. .net, and we're talking about uh, Mystery Babylon. So it's interesting, like prophecy is like clockwork. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, it was, you know, he was given, or Babylon was given 70 years until its judgment. And um, I guess right about the time that Nebuchadnezzar arose to uh, king, it was pretty precise, right? 70 years, in comes Cyrus, and that's done. It would have been Nebuchadnezzar's replacement i guess right. nebuchadnezzar ii was it his son so with america babylon when do we start the clock to judgment well that's the million dollar question and uh, i did some extensive research into the history of the post-world war ii era you know scholars are for the most part in agreement that following world war ii what began was known as the American century. Prior to World War II, the United States was an isolationist power. Similar to ancient Babylon, prior to its dominance by the Chaldean deep state. Same thing happened in our country. We were primarily isolationist in the first 150 years of our history. But once the deep state acquired political power, and that incursion occurred really over the last hundred years. They gradually infiltrated. You know, Diana West wrote a book, American Betrayal, looking in detail into how, during the Roosevelt administration, massive encroachment by communists and by deep state powers occurred inside our, our government in Washington, D.C. And, you know, the same thing only got worse after, after World War II. And so... During that window, in 1947, we had the U.N., in 1948, the, the deep state, the Chaldean powers, if you will, began to create the institutions through which they would ultimately create a world government. And so in 1948, they created the General Agreement on Trade, or tariffs, known as the GATT. NATO was, was formed. The signature for the NATO treaty occurred in 1949, in April... The World Health Organization was created. Isn't that a wonderful organization that, that is now essentially engaged in medical tyranny? The Organization of American States, the Marshall Plan, the World Council of Churches, all of this was created in 1948. And, you know, it's absolutely fascinating. In 1949, we witnessed the signing of the NATO Treaty on April 4th in Washington, D.C., all the leaders of the free world came to witness the crowning of America as now the legitimate leader of the free world. In that same year, the Council of Europe was formed in August, 
the purpose of which was to develop a framework to unite Europe. On the same day, the Soviet Union tested its first atomic bomb. The Federal Republic of Germany was founded in May, while in September, America's first mass shooting occurred. On October 1st, Mao Zedong declared the creation of the People's Republic of China after a four-year civil war. And in December, the Knesset voted to move the capital of Israel to Jerusalem. Suddenly, all of the end-time actors presented together on the world stage in 1949. And America literally raised up as the, as the sole leader of the free world, the rider on the white horse of the Book of Revelation, went forth with his crown, the legal representative of democracy and freedom, wearing white, a force for good, to conquer the world for the Antichrist, which is ultimately what the agenda was. Now, if you go back and study the history of the Chaldean state, the Chaldean monarchs did not count the years of their reign by including the year of their ascendancy to the throne. They, the first year of their rule, which was a partial year, was called the year of ascendancy. They only counted complete years of their rule, and their calendar began in spring with you know, the, the equinox, normally March 2021, 20, and the first three days of the, of the spring window were the Burning Man Festival, and I'm not talking about the drunken fest in the Mojave Desert in the summer, I'm talking about the satanic ritual where they literally burn human sacrifices to secure the, the successful outcome of whatever endeavor they, they plan to create in the following summer and fall. And so th- 1950 would then become the first year. Of right, the because 49... Forty-nine to fifty is the year of ascension. In other words, when the United States really the year of ascension. That's correct. Until spring of fifty. That's correct. Right. So nineteen fifty, then the prophecy clock towards judgment begins. That's correct. And what were you know if you if you think back to to America in nineteen fifty, nineteen fifty is a fascinating year. We had um, America suddenly was confronted with a hot war in Korea, China, the the new Chinese Communist Empire, along with their ally North Korea, invaded South Korea, and we we had a hot war erupt in Korea. Suddenly the Russians detonated a hydrogen bomb, and we had a cold war with Russia. The U.S. defense establishment issued a report basically uh, advocating that America begin radical deficit spending in order to finance the Cold War, to prosecute the Cold War with Russia and the hot war in Korea. At the same time, James Dean was discovered, the icon of 1950s culture, and a new preacher was brought forward to the American people. And he ran around the country with his tent meetings, basically telling the American people that the war between communism and the United States was a battle between the forces of the Antichrist and the forces of Christianity, and that the American people should support the Cold War and the, and the large deficit spending. At the same time, the first credit card was introduced to begin the conditioning of the American people to, to using debt for their, for their lifestyle. So 1950 would be the first year of, of the reign, and, and it, it wasn't but three years and the deep state installed the Warren Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court assumed dictatorial power over the institutions of our Congress 
and the president and began to reinterpret the Constitution, taking the country to a radical left turn and and ultimately to the insanity that is now the culture and, and the political landscape of the United States of America. And so if 1950 was the first year of their reign, then 1963 would be the 13th year. That was the year in which they assassinated an American president in public view and covered up the crime, and nobody was... The truth never came out. All of the, what? the investigations were sealed. Why are the numbers... Uh, so important with the well, the Chaldeans, the occultists, the deep state. Why do they like to play around with numbers? Well, they have to use either numerology, or which is the symbolism of numbers, or onomatology, which is the symbolism and the secret meaning of names, in order to think of it as as keys to unlock a doorway or a passageway between the power that they're trying to release as above to manifest so below. So these are the ways they unlock the the power of their witchcraft through this. Symbol. We're heading into a we're heading into a break here, but very quickly. So it, it was all about the number thirteen. So somebody had to be assassinated in nineteen sixty three. It had less to do with Kennedy, you know, wanting to maybe pull out troops from South Vietnam, and more to do with the year. So it could have had Nixon won. It would have been Nixon assassinated. Is that the idea? I would agree with that. I think that's true. All right. We'll uh, come back. More of my conversation with Benjamin Brook as we talk about America Babylon right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Benjamin Baruch stays with us. BenjaminBaruch.net. And uh, the day of the Lord is at hand. I believe that is now in its seventh edition. Is that right, Benjamin? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, I should also point people towards um, a website, prophecyinvestigators.org. And uh, much of what uh, Benjamin is uh, discussing right now can be found in uh, an article he posted there, prophecyinvestigators.org. It's called The Last Days of Babylon, and uh, he lays it out very uh, succinctly in this uh, this article. So we were talking about the year 1963. The president uh, is assassinated. Uh, these numbers are important. Something else significant happens in 63, as you point out. They removed prayer from public schools. That's right. All right, so we go to um, another uh, sort of important historical marker, and that is the year 1969. Uh, we have sort of the uh, the height of the hippie movement. We have the the Tate LoBianca murders with the, the Manson family. Yep. How does that fit in with all of this? What is the significance of 19 the number 1969? Well, 1969 was the 19th year of the reign of the Chaldean deep state. And the number 19 uh, carries the power of the number 1, but it also is multiplied by the number 9, which represents iniquity. 6 is the number of man. Man turned upside down is iniquity. And so this is the uh, inversion of normal values, with the number 69 representing the complete perversion. And so 1969 represented the completion of the task 
of corrupting America, fatally damaging the Christian foundation of our nation through the rebellion of the 60s. It also marked the beginning of the destruction of the family as the shadow government normalized divorce, and then through the inflation of the 70s forced most of the mothers into the workforce, requiring the children to now be taught and raised by the deep state. And so the year 2019 represents the 69th year of the rule of the Chaldeans. And as they've now completed their division of our once United States into two soon-to-be warring camps, you know, in simple terms, the year 2019 is the 69th year of their rule. Um, they have completed the task of destroying Christian America, and its end will inaugurate the dawn of the new world order. You know, we are now a divided nation. And, you know, they have successfully turned our heritage into well, a lot of people. The majority of the American population today views the Christian heritage of this country as a form of racism or white supremacy, which is yes, yes. totally absurd. But, but nevertheless, well, what is the... so they have literally brainwashed a generation. What is the uh, the the biblical passage? Uh, what is good will be viewed as evil, and what is evil will be viewed viewed as good. That's correct. Exactly. So, so twenty nineteen is also kind of a year of completion. Last year, how so? Well, it represents the the culmination of their task of of preparing America for essentially its ruination. You know, the country's completely divided. Uh, our our Christian values are gone. Our family units are are under assault. Of uh, all levels of morality and decency uh, have been abandoned by this culture, and so the year 2020, beginning in March, ushered in the beginning of the 70th year of their reign. And they did the lockdown for the coronavirus in the first three days of spring. They locked down the world, Richard. So when when President Trump was elected, many people had high hopes that he was going to. This is, you know, the the first time that the the term deep state became part of the popular lexicon. You never heard about that before. Trump comes, he starts talking about battling the deep state. Um, many people thought, myself included. Uh, that he was going to at least, if nothing else, buy America some time from final judgment, that he was going to push back against the, the, the deep state. What happened? Well, that is a, a question so profound that it would require a whole separate program to really elaborate the answer. But uh, what happened is the deep state, which is like an entrenched, it's almost like a government that's under the surface of, of the visible government. It, it never moved out of the way. You elected one man who gave a lot of good speeches, who tried to do some, you know, took some constructive steps, but the deep state's stranglehold on the institutions of power in this country haven't changed. So can one man stop a tsunami? And candidly, um, had he been able to stop the tsunami, I think the deep state would have either uh, sent him a message that, you know, you either bend to our wishes or bend to the witches, if you will, or (laughs) will JFK you. 
and and or you know found some other leverage where he was coerced into at least cooperating to some degree knowingly or unknowingly i mean you know this conspiracy is is well as president kennedy said in a public a televised broadcast to the entire nation president kennedy said we are confronted by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy and monolithic means it's literally as big as a mountain range it's invisible it now rules practically the whole world so what happened um, you know there's a thousand different answers one thing's very clear president trump has not been able to stop the progression towards the end of america and the rise of a one world government that is in our immediate future so uh, we're heading into a break here in uh, a couple minutes, I think about three minutes. Um, let's start to begin to discuss how COVID-19 fits into this, and then we'll resume after the break. Uh, so is is COVID-19 part of the judgment, or is it the Chaldeans using this for their own, their own purposes? It's both. The Chaldeans are part of the judgment having rejected God's truth, will now be ruled by Satan's ministers. And yes, COVID-19 is the beginning of the judgment. In the book of Habakkuk, we're told the pestilence goes before his face. So the very first thing that happens in the day of the Lord is there's a pandemic. And indeed, we've got one. Right, right, except it has been suggested based on some intelligence that the virus was created in a level four lab in China and it either escaped or it was deliberately uh, released. It conveniently escaped at exactly the right time to accomplish the maximum impact desired by the Communist Party. It was just one of those fortuitous accidents that happened mm-hmm. perfectly, if you want right. to believe in accidents. Events so, of this magnitude don't occur accidentally. This was done intentionally, obviously. And you so know what, Richard? If, Our own government yes. knows this. We're not going to admit it publicly. Our military is well aware, and we are actually preparing for war with China. All right. We will pick up on that point when we come back. Benjamin Baruch, my guest. The Day of the Lord is at Hand is the book. It will also tell you how to get yourself a copy of that. And... Uh, his new seven-volume series, Search the Scriptures, that all awaits. On the other side, my name is Richard Serrett, back with more on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, Benjamin, before we get rolling here with the last segment, how do people get a copy of The Day of the Lord is at Hand and the four volumes of your seven-volume series, Search the Scriptures? Probably the easiest way is to go to Amazon.com. And in ordering The Day of the Lord is at Hand, be sure to get the 2019 printing, because I've the reason there's seven editions is I continued to update the book from its first publication, which was in 1998, for events that have been occurring in the real world. And there's a lot that's gone on in the last 22 years since the first edition of this book was published. 
And uh, I have that right. It's volume. You're up to volume four on the seven-volume series, Search the Scriptures? That's correct, yeah. The first one is called Out of the Darkness. You Shall Know the Truth is volume two. The Remnant Shall Return is volume three. And I Am the Door is volume four. And hopefully the other three will come out in the next short order. That's my plan. Uh, So you're saying that uh, war with China uh, and the United States is inevitable. Explain. Yes, it's inevitable. Russia and China have been preparing for war against us for over 50 years. And and this uh, coronavirus was unleashed just to kind of uh, soften soften America up a little bit? Uh, yes, damage the economy, reduce our uh, military readiness. We have three carrier battle groups in sick bay right now. Chinese generals uh, several years ago in public speeches uh, disclosed that China's military strategy for war with the United States contemplated initiating the conflict covertly with the release of bioweapons. You know, and how perfect for the first bioweapon to be essentially a re-engineered version of the flu that is just more contagious. It's not more deadly, it's just more contagious. And, and then China released it in their own cities. When you consider their one-child policy, for every soldier in the Chinese army, he has two parents and four grandparents likely age 60 or higher. And because of the pollution in China, the majority of the population, 40 years or older, are dealing with severe health issues, severe lung issues because of the intense air pollution. And so the coronavirus, the re-engineered virus, is only really lethal for people that have comorbidity issues such as lung problems. And given that China's... uh, agricultural economy is actually beginning to falter as a result of environmental degradation within that country. Um, They don't have the ability to continue to feed that group of people, and if you were going to get rid of some of your slave population, which age group would you choose? The largest being the the grandparents or the over 60 um, generation, and then that's the one that the COVID virus is most lethal for. So, what a coincidence. I always thought it Right, and it's also very strange how the virus did not spread within China to places like Beijing. Well, you know, I think if you look at the the details, and there's a lot of disinformation out there regarding this virus, and some people don't even think there is such a thing as a virus. People think it's, you know, whatever. But within our own military, our top scientists have concluded it is a re-engineered version of the flu, it is a bioweapon that was developed in Wuhan, China, and based on all of the details surrounding its release, it is quite apparent it was intentional. And the, what will confirm that fact for us, Richard, is when they release COVID 2.0 some point this summer. That one will be the dangerous one. This is just the flu. And for an average healthy person, I mean, nobody wants to get the flu, but, but you can recover from the flu. And, and there are medical therapies that will uh, speed the recovery of somebody dealing with uh, the COVID-19 infection. But they're not Michael going to is on- the public. They want to push a vaccine. Uh, Michael is joining us from Newmarket. Michael, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. Well, good morning, Richard, and good morning, Benjamin. 
I think I'm going slightly off topic, but uh, a lot of the early religious reformers talked about the rise of Babylon, papal Rome, you know, the church and all that. Is the Roman Empire in any way going to, you know, revive as well as, uh, you know, the Chaldeans? Well, Rome was part of Mystery Babylon. It was the legs of iron, and it was during the reign of Rome that the false religion of Mystery Babylon separated from its satanic government with the rise of the uh, unholy church that came out of that ruined empire. And, and today, you know, so in, in many senses, the, the Roman church is part of Mystery Babylon, and... and um, you know, it's likely that the leader of that church will be the false prophet. Oh, problem. really? Revelation. Well, uh, I guess I was surprised to hear you actually say that, that the church is involved in some way. Oh, I think it's clearly involved. I mean, now, there are lots of people that belong to that church who uh, don't understand the nefarious uh, history or the nefarious future that, that the ruling elite um, are going to be engaged in. You know, there were a lot of decent people in Germany in 1939 who did, had no idea, you know, what the Nazis had planned and, and would have no way supported the evil. And, and the same is true for, for all of the, you know, institutions of power in this world. The majority of humanity is completely unaware of the satanic character of what's happening right before their eyes. Because Michael, thank you for that. Good question. Yeah, these organizations all lie. They're shrouding in lies. So the uh, the timing then, uh, because we are in the seventieth year, right. uh, as the pr the prophecy um, lays out. Don't so, do we have it right down to the month then? Well, the the final end for America Babylon is is the events of Ezekiel thirty eight, in which. Israel and then also the United States will be attacked in what will be described as World War III, and the scripture is very clear that that war will take place in the time of the harvest, which would probably put us into the month of October. I suppose November could also be considered a late harvest month, but, but really October is the harvest month. And, you know, it's, is 1950 the first year of the Chaldean reign? Well, this I've been publishing and talking about this for maybe two to three years at this point, Richard, and uh, and I was pounding the table last year that we're, we're going to see the world change in 2020, and some huge event is going to take place on March 22nd. Well, some of my close friends right around that date called me up, and they said, you know, you're looking pretty good on the 70 years of Babylon, and your March 22nd date was kind of Spot on. Well, mm, I got that I'll from say. the Satanic Festival of that day. Got to leave us with some good news, though, Benjamin. Off. You got to leave us with some good news because this is pretty dire. Uh, the good news is that there's a God in heaven who is still ruling the universe and the events of human history, and there's a remnant that's going to be saved. And if people want to find eternal life, they should get their Bible out. They should begin to pray. They should call on the name of Jesus. Because whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord in this time, with all of their heart, will be saved. And, and there's actually a really, there's a great future available and waiting for the people who are um, the blessed of the Lord. For the wicked, 
um, they're in trouble, and uh, their best days are behind them. It's only going to get worse from here. So really, uh, people ought to take a, take a moment to really reflect, because you don't want to go into eternity without salvation. So America will survive? Will it thrive on the other side? America will survive in, in the sense that the nation is not going to be ultimately um, completely eradicated, but the, the land will be so desolated, the scripture indicates that the survivors will leave the country, and the land will be utterly uninhabited following the exodus out of here. Benjamin, uh, an amazing, uh, amazing hour. Thank you so much. And again, let me direct people if they want to read uh, what you've dis- just discussed. They could go to prophecyinvestigators.org, and there they will find your article, The Last Days of Babylon, and of course the website benjaminbaruch.net, and uh, they can order the seventh edition, the 2019 edition of The Day of the Lord is at Hand, and uh, also the uh, the four volumes of Search the Scriptures those are available at Amazon. Thank you so much, Benjamin. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Great to be here. All right. Back next week with a brand new show. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home or at least up the stairs. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Carlos. Good night.